This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, it's a very popular thing these days to dig deep into your family history and to learn more about those stories that you may not have known anything about. Now, sometimes when you do that, you find that a family member was tied into history in ways that you may never have even realized. That's what happened to Eleanor Sturko, a familiar name to many of us. She's a corporal with the Surrey RCMP. She is often the public face of that detachment. She loves policing. Turns out, so did her great uncle, a former RCMP member. But here's where her family history becomes part of Canadian history. Her great uncle was purged from the RCMP back in 1964. Why? Because he was gay. And now Eleanor Sturko wants people to remember this remarkable man for who he actually was. And she joined us to talk about that search and that legacy. Well, Eleanor, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about this. An absolute pleasure to be here. How did you get started? A lot of people like to go looking for family stories and family information, but how did you get started on this? Well, how I got started with this particular project to republish my uncle's journal was that um, he was also a member of the RCMP, just like me, mm-hmm. um, also a member of the LGBT community, just like me. And But the difference was is that uh, he was part of what's known as the LGBT purge um, and was forced to resign from the RCMP in 1964. And by contrast, I'm currently uh, a spokesperson at Surrey RCMP. So um, a lot's changed. And I really became, uh, I guess, more interested in sort of a little bit deeper of what happened to my uncle after the Prime Minister's apology in 2017 for um, discrimination against the LGBT community. So um, started doing some research, thought about writing a, a book, which actually I have another project. Right. But in the research that I was doing for that particular project, went to visit my um, Uncle Dave's brother, Jack, my great aunt and uncle, uh, Jack and Marnie, and stayed with them for a few days. And, and during that time, he brought out this little journal that Dave had made for his parents during a time when he served actually in what we now know as Nunavut, um, sort of highlighting what his two years there was like. So he worked there actually for more than a decade, but this was, he first got to um, the Kikitalik region of Nunavut um, in 1950. So this little journal that he made sort of documents his time right from leaving Churchill, Manitoba on the CD Howe, and then getting to Pond Inlet, which was his first post. These pictures are un, un I, and I hate using that word because it doesn't seem to give them justice, but they're unbelievable. Yeah, they're great. And they you know, almost don't really, seem real because these are such amazing pictures of history. And what really, well, and it's good that you bring up history because part of the thing that really blew my mind and made me realize how great it would be to be able to share this on a wider scale with people was that there's a particular photo in there of a man um, named Makpa, and he's it says he's 70 years old and that he had tuberculosis and he was going to go down south um, for treatment. And this year, in 2019, the government of Canada issued a long overdue apology for exactly that, for, for taking people out of the north and taking them down south for uh, away from family and stuff. Like that. So, I mean, here is a slice of history that you hear it's about unreal. and suddenly I, I can, you see a real person, I feel very connected and I... The broaden sort of not that I have a better understanding, but definitely it awakens you to like yeah. the fact that people lived this history that we hear about. Tell me about your uncle because he seems like quite a remarkable man. I mean, he was, as you say, purged from the RCMP in 1964. Was he out at that point? 
You know or what? did that force him to come out? That forced him out of the closet for sure. Although, you know, one of the interesting things has been that even since I started this project and even since I actually did a couple of media interviews like back in 2017 talking about my uncle's story and people from across the country have uh, contacted me because either they felt a personal connection in some way mm-hmm. just to the story in general um, were former members of the RCMP who um, wanted to talk to me about this period of time or people that actually knew my uncle and it's been remarkable a lot of people have said you know what we all knew and we loved him and respected him but those were the times, you know, and so it's a lot different. It's almost hard for me in some ways to imagine this, like sitting where I am in this privileged yeah. and time. And it wasn't that long ago either, It wasn't right? that long ago, but, you know, when I, I, I reflect on it and the more I've learned, it's like, wow, we really have come so far because I can hardly imagine today someone at my work saying, you're doing a great job and we really appreciate you, but um, time you got to go, go yeah. because of who you love. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's hard to imagine that, which is a good thing. And he uh, he clearly loved what he did. Oh yeah, he detailed it so and loved his uniform. I love the pictures of him in the uniform. <laughs> and you as know what? Well. I think his passion for Inuit culture was something that really defined his life. Um, you know, he was a very creative, sensitive person. He had a love of. Um, science and and also um, the science of humans. You know, he loved to uh, sort of document in almost an anthropological study um, the things that he had seen and learned about um, the Inuit, and it really defined who he was as a person. So, um, you know, in a time that was actually very impactful in terms of colonization in the North, he was a person who at the time was an early advocate for their culture and, and not wanting to see um, a destruction of what he saw as a very beautiful and useful part of Canada. So, so you've started, you've embarked on this because you want everybody to know who he is. Did you want him to be remembered for being that police officer and not because of what happened after? Yeah, I think, you know, after learning more, so going to the apology and um, what it was for me, to be honest, was that I had met some other people who were purged, you know, part, right. mostly military members, a couple of people from the RCMP, but people who were part of that time and had not only survived, but thrived and had become activists, had brought attention to what had happened to discrimination, had in a lot of cases um, bravely, you know, gone to court against the government and, and helped fight for human rights and dignity. And, um, you know, in a time where, you know, a lot of people um, didn't survive. There yeah. were suicides, people whose lives were ruined. Um, but I had met a lot of people who thrived and um, overcame obstacles. And I found their stories very inspiring. And to hear, because to you know, before I went to the apology, I knew what had happened today, but I did not know all of the, many of the intimate details. And even as a person in the LGBT community, I didn't have um, a very deep awareness of what... It, personally had happened to individuals. I knew right. there was discrimination. You heard stories, but... Right, and so connecting with those people who I will forever share a connection to, um, who I am deeply grateful that they've, you know, we've become friends, um, but to hear some of their stories about how some people were interrogated, um, you know, many, many things that would really horrify you today, yeah. um, but were part of a normal process at the time. And so learning what happened to them and seeing, wow, that was like that's very shocking to me. Really, I was like, well, what happened exactly to Dave? You know, really, yeah. I want to know more. Well, what happened to him after then? Once he left the RCMP, um, what kind of a life did he build? What happened? You know, um, my great uncle Jack, he 
I, you know, I said, why didn't he go into anthropology or, or you know, something yeah. like that? He's so brilliant. He clearly and, could have with the amount yeah, of research he, that he yeah, did. And yeah, and he loved it, you know, but um, his answer simply was that it broke him. Oh. He um, never really recovered fully. Like, he, he had a life afterwards, but he never had a career or a passion like the one that he had as a police officer and especially in his service in the North. And so, I mean, I think that was the case for many people um, where your passion... Imagine not being able to do your job. Do yeah, not, right? I was just thinking about that. If someone that. took it away, it, it's it's like a part of your life. We do have a lot of identity, each of us, in the things that we do and accomplish. So I think that had a devastating effect on him. He uh, had some depression. You know, it created some problems within his relationships in the family. Um, he ended up going to San Francisco for a time, and I don't really know the reason why, but I I kind of believe he, he may have been looking for some acceptance um, to to be able to be maybe more free. Right. He ended up actually um, being beaten almost to death while he was there. He was he had told his brother he was robbed. So I don't know if it had anything to do with uh, being homosexual or anything. But you know he he certainly had not an easy go of it when no, he went. I was going to say what an awful couple yeah. of years he must have had. Yeah, he had a rough go, and then he ended up moving to. Um, to Houston, Texas, uh, where he was a manager at a YMCA, and uh, he made lots of nice friends and, and then became sick. Uh, and then ultimately, he was diagnosed with AIDS, um, became very ill, returned to Canada, and, and died in 1988. You know, your uncle's life is the kind of story that you just read about somewhere. And so when you got all those details where you thought, I, you must have just been floored by that. You know, I it made me sad, of course, because you think about a person that had a lot of potential. Um, he, there, it's not uh, just you know a relative saying, hey, "Look how great my relative was," but there's so many documented yeah. things where I can, I really have that ability to to have a look inside and say, you know what, this was an exceptional police officer, an exceptional human being, a very kind person, and I really didn't want the story to just end with his being expelled. I wanted to sort of have more of a legacy for him. So the apology now that was given Mm. for those times and for those things that happened, does it resonate more with you now than it did a couple of years ago now that you've learned so much more about him? Definitely. You know, um, and I think part of what's important about apologies um, is especially because they're written down for anyone to see, whether you heard it on television being broadcast or whether you were there or, you know, or whether you now get curious and go and go on the internet. That's the beauty of the internet, right? You yes. can go read it. And if you're curious about this, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever the apology is, whether it's for the LGBT um, purge or whether it's for um, the relocation of Inuit or or any of the things that um, you know we have come to a form of reconciliation about, you can read it and understand what those apologies are about. Well, they're about people. Yeah. And, and about what happened to them and, and letting you understand more. And I think the apology opened a door for me, a window. Um, it let me, it opened an opportunity for me to have a discussion with my family, a discussion we'd never had. And um, it's very freeing. And I have a deeper appreciation, I would say, definitely for where we've come as a country. And um, I'm very proud. You know, like I, not of our, all of our history is something that we, you know, you're not going to declare your pride in some of these things yeah. that have happened in the past, but I think they're important to acknowledge and important um, parts of being able to appreciate where we've come and how accepting actually we really are. And this is a time where I think a lot of people, and I don't want to generalize or speak for others, but we've seen a divisiveness. You could say that. This might be the 2019, the year of people feeling a bit divided. 
but we have so much in common more so mm-hmm. you know the the need to feel safe the want of being accepted and being able to contribute equally i think that's a very fundamental part of who we all are so i look forward to seeing this in book form i and well, having you back I look on when that happens to sharing it with you <laughs> thank you so much for being here well thanks for having me that is Corporal Eleanor Sturko with the Surrey RCMP, but this was not an official visit that she made to us. This was to talk about the legacy of her great uncle, who was also an RCMP officer, but was purged from the force in 1964 uh, for being gay. And yes, that did happen. It was one of the reasons why an apology was issued by the Prime Minister in 2017, because it happened to quite a few people uh, back then.